0: Welcome to Point Me to Jesus. I am your host, Tara McCleary-Reeves. I am really excited to welcome a lifelong friend, Dawn Smith-Jordan. Dawn is a recording artist with over 17 albums. She is the author of two books. She's a Christian speaker traveling around the world speaking in churches all across america i'm so grateful for her ministry and her dedication to the lord jesus christ dawn won miss south carolina in 1986 she went on to become second runner-up of miss america and just the year before uh, her crowning achievement as miss south carolina dawn experienced tragedy that none of us families want to even think about but her precious sister sherry just a few days before her high school graduation, was uh, kidnapped and ultimately murdered. Uh, Larry Jean Bell uh, started a, a statewide manhunt. Still, I think it has a record, Don, doesn't it? Um, the largest manhunt ever in the state of South Carolina. Don, I remember because uh, I was in high school during that that particular year as well. And you know, I'm a native South Carolinian, grew up on Polly's Island. And I'll never forget that night, mom and dad locking our doors probably for the first time that they had ever been locked on oh, wow. Pauley's Island. Uh, we did not have the, the news that traveled immediately like we have today, but word got around quickly in the state of South Carolina. Our brave law enforcement did an amazing job communicating mm-hmm. uh, that, that tragedy. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But Don, I have to say every time I think of you, I think of this verse in Isaiah 61, three, you probably have it memorized, but I just want to start by reading this. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Sister, that—that that is you. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you, Tara. Thank you so much for um, inviting me to come on to be a part of what God's doing in you in this season. So I'm just delighted to be with you from my computer to yours. <laughs> That's right. Well, Dawn, you have truly been such an inspiration to all of
0: us, you know, um, looking up to you as, um, as Miss South Carolina. Um, watching you and your family um, as you went through that that season of suffering uh, with such with such grace, and um, just pointing us to Jesus, and then ultimately sharing your testimony on the Billy Graham Crusade and and singing "Amazing Grace" uh, so beautifully. And for those of us who know your history, just how impactful. message of that song was to our hearts so thank you for that can you take us back to that that season of your life
1: yes um my sister sherry was 17 and it was two days before her high school graduation and um and i was 21 i was a senior at columbia college and then our brother robert was 15 and um you know hearing you talk about how my family's situation impacted yours. I hear that all the time, even today, all these years later. Um, but it was May 31st, 1985. And, um, Sherry was, um, singing the national anthem at her graduation. She was going on a cruise. I mean, she was coming to Columbia college to study voice where I was a voice student. And, and so in a matter of, of just a moment, changed everything for our family as she got out of the car to get the mail at the mailbox you know we just do these things every day that are our routine and as she stepped toward the mailbox a man had followed her from town we lived out in the country in Lexington South Carolina and um, he claimed to have pulled a gun and told her to get in the car and from what we understood she did And, um, and so for five days, we had no idea where she was. And, you know, people in this generation can't comprehend that there were no cell phones. Literally five days of not knowing where she was is horrifying to think about. And especially now as a mother, my children are grown, but, um, I remember those days, they seem like a different lifetime now, but I still vividly remember just thinking where in the world can Sherry be? How does somebody just disappear? And um, it, it uh, began with um, phone calls coming in from this unknown man saying that he had her, but there was no reason why he had her. And so it began a month long investigation that ended up being the largest manhunt South Carolina still to this day has ever seen um, that, that led to, a month of us being trapped in our own home as he called our home, um, eight different times during that month long investigation. And, um, you know, I look back and I, and I know that it is only by the grace of God that, that I can sit here and talk to you about it today, um, with peace and with joy and with the assurance that I really am okay. Because in 1985, I really wondered, are we ever going to be okay again? As, as, um, he called and called and called and, um, he, uh, told us that a letter was coming. And at this point at 21 years old, um, I was given the responsibility of answering the phone calls. If you can imagine, because he asked to speak to my mom first and it became very upsetting. My mother was such a strong woman of faith, but, um, to know that this person had her daughter and wouldn't give her back. And so Sherry and I looked so much alike. Um, that people thought we were twins we sang together we were the yeah. smith sisters so yeah. we sang my singing days began early we sang in churches and um actually we sang in a furniture store's one year anniversary
0: <laughs> and i so, remember i think daddy would speak often when y'all would sing yes. you know yes yeah. he yeah. would yeah, yeah.
1: And so we were teenagers singing in different churches and events around and and so because people thought we were twins that was back when fbi profiling was a brand yeah. new science And so the FBI agent, John Douglas came up with this profile of this man who would not talk to a man who, um, he felt his fascination was Sherry. He would turn toward me, which proved to be true. Mm -hmm. And so it was in, um, one of those phone calls that he said a letter from Sherry would be coming. And, um, and I have the letter. I could read it if you would like to hear what she had to say. Um, here's a picture of my sister.
0: Her senior
1: year. She is beautiful. Y'all are identical. I mean, the hair, the 80s. But so, you know, at 17 years old, she's sitting in this room with this man. And instead of graduating from high school, he told her, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, to, to imagine that instead of looking forward to all the things that she was looking forward to, she was looking at this blank piece of paper and writing the very last words that she might ever say to us and even at 56 years old walking with jesus since i was nine years old he saved me as a nine-year-old little girl i could not imagine right now looking at this paper and knowing that's the last words ross hannah my loved ones would hear and so I feel like it's such a powerful testimony, Tara, to the faith that was instilled into my sister, my brother, me, from my parents that as far back as I can remember as a little girl, that Jesus loves us, that God has a plan for each of our lives, that when we put our trust in the Lord, he promised us eternal life. And I believe that's where Sherry was writing from, that she knew by the grace of God, I believe God gives us the grace that we need in the moment in which we find ourselves, even when we never could have imagined being where we are. And I know that's where she wrote this letter from. So I want to read it. Yeah, please do. Oh, please do. Um, It's called, she wrote, she said, last will and testament. And it's dated 6185 in the right hand corner. I love y'all underlined, underlined, underlined. And she says, I love you, mommy, daddy, Robert, Don, and Richard, and everyone else and all other friends and relatives. I'll be with my father now. So please, please don't worry. Just remember my witty personality and great special times we all shared together. Please don't let this ruin your lives. Just keep living one day at a time for Jesus. Some good will come out of this. My thoughts will always be with and in you. And then in parentheses, she wrote, casket closed. I love you all so, and she underlined the word damn much. Mm. Sorry, dad. I had to cuss for once. (laughs) Uh Jesus forgave me. Richard Sweetie, that was her boyfriend. Mm. I really did and always will love you and treasure our special moments. I ask one thing though, accept Jesus as your personal savior. My family has been the greatest influence of my life. Sorry about the cruise money. Somebody please go in my place. I'm sorry if I ever disappointed you in any way. I only wanted to make you proud of me because I've always been proud of my family. Mom, Dad, Robert, and Dawn, there's so much I want to say that I should have said before now. I love you. I know y'all love me and will miss me very much. But if y'all stick together like we always did, y'all can do it please do not become harder upset. Everything works out for the good for those that love the Lord. All my love always. Sherry. And then P.S. Nana. This is our grandmother. She says, I love you so much. I kind of always felt like your favorite. (laughs) You were mine. I love you a lot. And then in the left-hand corner, in all capital letters, I love y'all with all of my heart. And, you know, as I read this, it's hard to see you tearing up because the tears are coming. But my life scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And this is an incredible testimony of what it looks like to trust in the Lord with all of your heart when you can't begin to comprehend Mm. where you are. And yet Sherry was saying I trust the Lord, I'm okay, but mom, dad, Robert, Dawn, you guys are the ones that have to choose to not let my death ruin the rest of your lives. Um, And I've taken that letter with me all these years as it was the fifth day after she had been taken that the man called, I took the phone call and he gave directions to her body. And while he had led us to believe that for five days, Sherry was alive, he'd killed her the very first night. Really? Really? And that letter was such a gift from the Lord to my family, but it ended up being the very piece of evidence that led authorities to capturing him. Um, it's There's a profile uh, program the FBI did, forensic files. And um, so in that TV program, if people have seen that, they showed how there was an imprint of a phone number on the page that led to where he was house sitting. And so God was so gracious that we received this letter that has been such a blessing and such a continuing testimony of oh, my sister, but in the long run that led to his capture so that, um, he would not continue to torment families as he did my family. And Don, when you received
0: that, that letter and then after and during, during the trial, was there ever in discussion in his life that, um, he was touched so much by Sherry's faithfulness to the Lord. I mean, just I cannot even imagine
1: because if he could
0: read, I, I'm assuming that he could, um, just how that must have impacted his life.
1: Yes, and and he uh, he took a nine-year-old little girl and killed her as well, and called with directions to her body. I received that phone call, and then in the very last phone call, he said I was going to be next. That he would get me oh. one day too, and so he was sentenced to two death row sentences for those murders and was on death row. And someone from my home church had a ministry to death row inmates and they went and shared the gospel with this man named Larry bell. And he heard the message of the gospel that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And, you know, that's not just me, a Baptist deacon's daughter, but it was a a murderer on death row. And so he, wrote a letter to me after that. And from death row, he said that because he understood that God could forgive even him, he asked my family um, if we would ever forgive him. And, and so while he never um, confessed that he actually did kill Sherry, that he did kill Deborah Helmick, the other little girl, he said that God could forgive him for the horrible things he had done. And he asked if we would forgive him. And that led me on a journey of probably the hardest journey in my faith that I've ever been on because here I am knowing that I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. And while I've not murdered, I've sinned against a holy God. I do it every day. And yet Jesus said on the cross, father forgive them for they know not what they do. And that was me. And that was that man. And so Um, It took me two years to write him back because I thought, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I don't hate him, but to forgive him, how dare him ask me that? But, you know, the Lord really used my mother. We were called upon to go to the jail cell when he was arrested. And the minute my mom looked at him and he began to speak, we both knew that was the voice of the man. Mm -hmm. And my mother said, looked him square in the eyes and she said, I know you're the man that killed my Sherry. I recognize your voice as that of the man on the phone. And she said, but I'm looking at you and I can honestly say, I don't even hate you and I forgive you. And I pray that God has mercy on your soul. And I will never forget sitting there with my mom and thinking, how can she say that to him? He doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Don't get, don't give him mercy. And yet God used that very example of my precious mom all those years later, when here I sat facing this letter that I literally shoved in the bottom of a filing cabinet for two years because I thought, he doesn't deserve to hear from me. But yet I went to the word of God. I mean, this Bible right here is the Bible my parents gave me as a young girl. And I, and I took it upon myself to begin to read every scripture that had to do with forgiveness. And I landed on Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as God through Christ has also forgiven you. And so I came to the place of realizing that forgiveness is literally a choice that we make to simply act in obedience to what God has already provided for. He's already paid the price for that man's sin, for my sin, for every sin committed against us and that we would commit against someone else. And he nailed it to the cross and he said, it is finished. The debt paid in full. Yes. And so I came to the realization that I needed to respond to that man. Beth Moore says in one of her studies I've done that forgiveness doesn't make you all right, doesn't make the offense all right, but it makes you all right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wrote Larry Bell a letter back and said, Our lives are forever changed because of the choices that you made. My sister is gone. Yeah. But. Because of the grace I've received, I want you to know that I choose to forgive you this very day. And, you know, the Lord, the scripture says, whom the son has set free, he's free indeed. And God set this woman free to live all these years, yes, coming out of tragedy that is, I mean, I still miss my sister. Of course, I will miss her until we are reunited again in heaven. But that God truly gives comfort when we come to the place of saying, here's my life, here are my broken pieces. Here is this unforgiveness. Here is this disappointment. Here is this whatever it is. And we say, I lay it down at your feet. I extend the grace you've extended to me so freely. And that's when God can do things above and beyond all that we could begin to comprehend, that we could begin to imagine. Because I remember being 21 and I remember thinking, our lives are over. How can Sherry say some good will come out of this? There is no good in life again. And yet, here I sit talking to you today, and and you know my story, and you know the story that God writes when we say, here it is, Lord. I would have never chosen this. I was thinking last night as I was praying about our time together, Tara, and I was thinking about the fact that I went to college to be a vocal performance major because I wanted to be a Christian singer. I never imagined I would have this story that God has called upon me to tell all these years that... He has chosen to use, to speak hope into the lives of those that feel hopeless, to to speak um, joy where there is sorrow, to speak encouragement for the one discouraged simply because God in his infinite sovereignty said, just trust me.
0: Yes.
1: I've entrusted this story to you. Now you trust me with the rest. And and so for whatever he chooses to do in any of our stories, yeah." he's the one writing it. It's not me. I would have never in a million years chosen for this to be the very thing that he would choose to use for good and for his glory. And, um, you know, I hear from people continuously, um, that have seen the movie that's on Netflix or have seen a program or have heard me speak or heard me sing that. And I literally just say, God, the glory is yours. I, I can do none of this. And none of this makes sense from an earthly perspective, but for kingdom purpose." that the Lord would use it and people would come to know him. This man came to know him yes. on death row. Um, and he talked about how Sherry shared her faith with him, sitting in that room with this man who said, I'm going to kill you. And it, she began the process of telling him, but God can forgive you. And those were seeds I believe that he planted even in those early days of this whole journey. Um,
0: what a testament to your mom and dad's faithfulness to raise y'all in a godly home. You know, it's such an encouragement to my heart as a mom, just, and, and I'm the product of, of godly parenting and parents as well that were very intentional, but, you know, um, we never want to even imagine a scenario like your family's gone through or, or imagine, you know, our little girl in a room like that. But but our prayer is that she would be that obedient, you know? And even um, with the, the terrorism, the way that we have in America today, there's some of the teachable moments that, that I think, because Caroline and Daniel were born in 2001, um, you know, six months before 9-11. And so to incorporate, as they got to that age of accountability at ages 12, 13, 14, It was a hard thing for me to do, but to say around the dinner table, hey guys, if terrorists broke into our home right now and held a knife to your throat and demanded that you recant your faith in Jesus Christ, don't, you know, you, you don't, you, you stay the course for Jesus, no matter what is in front of you. And so, um. I'm just so encouraged by, yes, your faith, and yes, Sherry's faith, and Rob's faith, but your your mom, your mom and dad. Uh, just what an incredible legacy that not that they've, they've left, but that they've woven from, from y'all's first days on this earth. So what yeah. a beautiful won your faithfulness to carry that baton, Dawn? Tell us about the experience of um, being on the platform with Dr. Graham. You know, my dad has also shared the platform with him, as has my father-in-law. Um, but for those of us who don't know, because he's graduated to heaven, tell us a little bit yeah. about that experience.
1: You know, that was that was an amazing experience. I remember it. I was 22. I was the reigning Miss South Carolina because the year after Sherry died, wow. I competed in Miss South Carolina, which is crazy. But, you know, Sherry said, don't let this ruin your lives. Y'all keep living one day at a time for Jesus. My voice teacher encouraged me, you should, you should try to compete in Miss South Carolina you could get scholarship money and so I did and I won and and so Billy Graham's crusade was coming to um, South Carolina Williams Bryce Stadium and uh, Cliff Barrows is a friend of uh, was a friend of my minister of music here in Columbia and and so he said what do you think about that Miss South Carolina telling her testimony on the crusade and so it was so incredible incredibly overwhelming. I was so young and so country, my accent when you listen. I mean, I'm country now, but I was country. Wow, it is so great to be here tonight. It really is. Being Miss South Carolina has brought me so many opportunities, such as being right here with you all tonight. It's such a joy and such an honor. You know, although I wear the crown of this state for only a year, I have a crown in my life that I can glory in for the rest of my life and on into eternity. That's the crown that Jesus was willing to wear on the cross for you and for me. We all have different crowns, but that's the only one that deserves all honor and glory. <laughs> and and I remember one of my favorite memories of that day is I was riding in the car with my, with my um, traveling companion of Miss South Carolina, and we had the radio here, WMHK Christian Radio, back then is what it was called. And it came on the radio. Dawn Smith is gonna be sharing her testimony tonight and we had no idea whether they would let me sing or not. They said you you're not going to be able to sing. You're going to have like 2 minutes to give your testimony. Well, how can you put into 2 minutes even the little bit that I just shared right now? And so we heard them on the radio say and she's going to be singing amazing grace. And I was like, what? Did I get to sing on the Billy Graham Crusade? And so literally, I was beyond humbled overwhelmed scared to death all of those things but you know it's just it was the Lord's timing and all of that and you know I've had so many people say you know I want to do a ministry like yours how do I do that what did you do and I have to say I did nothing yeah, okay, Lord. yeah. yeah. The Lord totally opened the doors and for that to be the year that I was miss South Carolina and God allowed that platform to allow that platform on the Billy Graham crusade, and I remember just meeting Dr. Graham and thinking, "Somebody pinch me! Am I really here?" This little girl from Red Bank, South Carolina, and, and yet I hear people all the time still, and it still airs on the uh, Billy Graham Classic. It now. does,
0: yeah. You and Daddy both. I go back and watch y'all quite a
1: bit. I see yes. your dad. Yes, he drove
0: up. We drove up to attend, to so I actually got to hear you live, and of course. Oh my goodness. I was pulling for you for Miss America um, after that too. And I'm sure, you know, you were second runner up in Miss America. So how many months was that? You were um, with Dr. Graham prior to Miss America. Is that right?
1: I think I was. I yes. I was
0: that, was a, that was a very compact. It
1: was a, <laughs> it was a lot for this little girl. Yes, it was. But again, you know, I still get Facebook messages, Instagram messages um, people saying, I just watched your story on the Billy Graham crusade. And I think all these years later that the Lord is still using those couple of minutes that I had to, to share my faith when it was still in, and we're all in process, but it was all new and it was all fresh. And it was, and it was still very hard and painful, but it was a time where I saw the Lord, literally the truth in what Sherry said in that Romans eight twenty eight scripture for we know that God causes all things to work together for good for yeah. those who love him and are called according to his purpose that there were kingdom purposes being established even all the way back then for those that moment in time to be on a Dr. Graham crusade that I could never have imagined that I would be allowed to do and and all these years later that the Lord continued to just you know, that year as Miss South Carolina, people would call the booking agent that d- books Miss South Carolina and say, would she come speak to our church? And the cool thing is I was a junior in high school when I felt God called me to commit my life to full-time Christian ministry, Yeah, did not have a clue what that would look like. And so he literally said, this is the way now walk in it. Yeah. And And so all these years later, all these churches and these events and these opportunities like today, just sitting here talking to you to share with, with the people that are following your ministry that God has birthed through these days is we just have to sit back and go, only God, only the Lord could take the worst of things. And the
0: purpose of this ministry is to highlight ministries like yours that are determined to shine the spotlight on him. You know I mean? And you have just, you've been, you have a track record of faithfulness. And I'm so thankful that when I can extend an invitation to you, Um, You know, there is that that trust factor that goes along with it because you've got that track record of just being obedient to him. And so I'm thrilled to uh, allow our audience that has not heard your story before. And and I do want to encourage them to Don to reach out and invite you um, in their churches because the the treat the blessing that you are and but what are some other subjects that the lord has just really recently been working in your heart i'm sure out of this pandemic we all have some amazing uh life lessons from god's word but what's one that maybe recently he's impressed upon your heart
1: you know this season is so unlike anything we've ever imagined and and i literally went from i usually have about 75 at 75 events a year on the calendar um I've had seven this year wow. because everything is canceled. And so yeah. um, I literally have had to come to the place of saying, Lord, show me how to still be a light in this season where churches had to cancel, close their doors for a long time. Um, and so continuing to uh, Hebrews 12, too, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, yeah. the author and perfecter of our faith. And so in these COVID days, I found myself on my phone, on my iPhone, doing concerts on a Facebook Live or doing a Zoom with you, or, um, um, I've got Christmas concerts that are coming that I'm like, yes, with real life people again, (laughs) but you know, I think for the most part, um, to me, walking with the Lord through the things that I've walked through, losing Sherry, um, I was a single mom when my kids were one and a half and four after being a pastor's How hard this is. And and I was reading in 2 um, Corinthians where it talks about the comfort that we receive. Then we comfort those with that comfort that God's given us. And, and I just believe that is what God's called each of us to do, especially in this season, to be able to be um, spiritual mothers to those who God puts under us. I went to my women's ministry last Tuesday night at my church and we were, we were talking about what does that look like? Well, it looks like me sitting down and praying with the 21-year-old college student who is so fearful yeah. and scared and discouraged in her senior year in college and all the things. And for me to be able to say, sweet girl, God's brought me through so much that he's going to bring you through this. And you're going to look back and the testimonies that come out of this COVID season that We would have never chosen to be the people that got to live through COVID, but I believe we are going to live to tell the stories of what God did now, just like I look back on the other stories that God's written, those chapters of my life. Would we have chosen them? No. But when we choose to take hold of what God pours into our lives, the truth of his word, his comfort he's going to use that in ways that right now we're not seeing, but I believe we're going to look back. And so I just pray to continue. in however he allows me to be a woman of influence for his glory, to speak truth, to speak hope, to speak joy in the midst of this. And you know, one of the blessings is it's been really funny. I fought this season tooth and nail. How can I keep my ministry going? And finally I said, Lord, I just surrender all of this to you. Just show me. Yeah. And it was a couple of weeks ago and I went, you've provided a sabbatical for me literally to catch my breath, to like Mary sit at the feet of Jesus and ponder things a little deeper than traveling every weekend and getting on a plane and getting in the car and packing and unpacking and preparing and speaking to just sit at the feet of Jesus and say, don't let me miss what you have for me right now.
0: Um,
1: And so that's where I am. And you know, the concerts are few and far between and that's okay um, because the Lord has changed all of our lives in this, but I believe it's going to be for good. And it is for his glory even now. And even with your ministry that has been born out of this Tara pointing other people to Jesus. I mean, people are looking for hope. They're scared. They're uncertain. And yet we are certain that our God is still holding this all in his victorious right hand. Absolutely, And that's what we're called to share the hope found only in Christ.
0: Yeah. Don who would you say from God's word is is your hero of the faith?
1: You know, I really was struggling with the answer to that because um I looked to I looked to Mary, yeah, Jesus's mother, but as I prayed about it this morning, I was texting with one of my friends and um and she said, "Don, what about Mary, the Mary and Martha Mary?" Yeah. Yeah, you just referenced her. Yeah. Because this very season I've done things I've never had time to do. I've been in this house for 17 years. I've never planted flowers because I'm not home long enough. Yeah. My whole back patio is covered in flowers. And and I sit a little longer over my coffee with the word of God in the morning. And, and so I'm such a Martha yeah. and I'm so get it done, get it done, multitasking, task list, check it off, next, next, yeah. that I think God is cultivating a merry heart in me in the season of God to just, to just literally, as one of my friends says, drop my hands of all of the things and just sit at his feet and say, Lord, don't let me miss you in the midst of trying to fix it all and make it all still run. Just, I dropped all the balls. I was trying to juggle and just said, Lord, I'm sitting at your feet. Help me not to miss you in the midst of this season. And it is, and it's such a sweet time with the Lord that, yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced before because I've been so busy doing the work of God and yet now he's calling me to be
0: I did get a glimpse of Martha last night when I peeked onto your Facebook and saw that your house is already decorated for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and and your interview is airing Thanksgiving week. Note that audience, but I am okay.
1: incredibly impressed. Okay, because of COVID, <laughs> And because of this crazy season that we find ourselves in, I literally am. I always decorate after the day after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Mama's rule. We oh don't- yeah, that's a that's <laughs> almost a South Carolina
0: rule. It
1: is. But here, so by the grace of God, I hope to be on a plane to go see my son in Denver, yeah. which means I won't be here to decorate. And then, praise God, every Sunday in December up until Christmas, I have Christmas Thank concerts. God. Yes. And I thought, I'm not gonna have time to get that tree up. I'm getting it up last weekend, it's which beautiful. is- Well, you you know, you
0: have so many gifts on, you're quite intimidating. I mean, you're a singer, you're a songwriter, you're an author, you're a speaker, and you're a decorator,
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> well, my Christmas tree has all of the homemade, uh, wonderful um, ornaments on it. And, you know, every time I decorate, I've got two little snowmen on there, that my mom and my brother and sister and I made one year. They're little round oh. felt circles. Oh. So there's mine, there's my sister's together. There are ornaments that I made as a child, my kids made for me. And, oh, I love it. and it just makes me so grateful as we go into the yeah. Thanksgiving season. I'm just thankful that I have this incredible heritage of faith. You do. Um, from far back as my grandmother, who taught Sunday school at First Baptist Church of Florence, South Carolina for oh. 50 years. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I... I continue to choose to celebrate life even now when when it, it might be really hard to celebrate when we can't do it like we've done it. And yet to choose joy in the midst of this journey and to put that tree up and to go, I decorate every room in the house. So, I know you do. I you know. know. So I'm, I'm not here, Tara. I'm not I'm here. I'm
0: going to watch and then I'm going to wait for your show next year, the Don smith <laughs> show. But don't you think, Don? I mean, with the experience you've gone through with Sherry and then with, with dad almost losing his life on, on a hilltop in Vietnam. And he's always said, you've never lived until you've nearly died. Mm -hmm. You know, and you you experience that at such a young age, just the brevity of life and and seizing every moment and knowing that, that it is a gift that we are not here um, by coincidence. We are here on purpose uh, by a loving heavenly creator, God who, gave His only son on the cross to set us free from the penalty of death that we all deserve. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you do awaken before your feet hit the bed every day with just that enthusiasm for life and for what he's going to do in and through us, you know, that particular day you are a living example of that. And I'm so great. I'm so grateful for influencers like you who are pointing us to Jesus.
1: Well, Psalm one eighteen, uh, the verse says, "This is the day the Lord has made; yes. uh, I will rejoice and be glad in it." and yes. And that's what I want to do with each day. I was thinking last uh, yesterday. I was thinking it just hit me that I was thirty nine years old when the Lord called my mom home to heaven, and my mother was forty when her mother went to see the Lord, mm-hmm. and and so I realized, wow. Every day is such a gift like each and every day. This is the day the Lord ordained for you and me to live and do just this right now for his glory. And we don't know who's going to be seeing us talking to each other and watching this, but that we would choose. This is the day God. And so we, we open it, we give it to you. And would you do with it only as you can? That's an incredible thing to think about in, in this, in the, in any season of life, but you know, to continue to just say, Hey, God is sovereign. Look to him, and and he's faithful. He was faithful. He is faithful. He's going to be faithful. He's gone ahead and made a way even when we can't see it. I trust him. I know that he will be faithful.
0: Amen. Well, viewers,
1: you have definitely witnessed one of
0: my heroes of the faith today, a living example of an obedient life. Don Smith Jordan, thank you for your track record of truth and trusting in that truth and proclaiming that truth. I'm excited to hear some of the songs that I know the Lord has probably allowed you to write out of this season. Uh, You are an amazing songwriter and we're going to have um, some links to your music. And I do pray that our viewers will invite you to come bless their churches and their women's
1: ministry all
0: over the globe. So thank you for being with us today and know that you are dearly loved.
1: Thank you, Tara. And you are dearly loved. And thank you for inviting me in to be a part of your ministry today. I'm so proud of you. I love your family. Oh what a I'm so glad the Lord allowed us to walk this earth together at the same time. I am too. (laughs) Love me says thanks.